1: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
3: President is in here. Beautiful
4: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 16th of January. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, the boss talks about a trio of contract extensions at Emirates Stadium. We also celebrate Theo Walcott signing for the club in this week's history lesson. The great Adrian Clark is back for another dose of the chalkboard. But we kick off by looking back at the weekend's action with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, it seems like pretty much every week we do this at the moment, but let's have another reminder of how Olivier Giroud got Arsenal rolling at the weekend. Ramsey through the centre to the right-hand side. Alex Iwobi is stationed, Iwobi through towards Ozil, looks to lift it on here for Ramsey, Ramsey towards Giroud, oh Giroud can't get the touch on that, that would have been a certain goal, it's wriggled through towards Alexis, Alexis back inside the box, looks to chip it towards Ozil with a header, my full Giroud, definitely, this time he does get the touch, finds the net and Arsenal have the advantage here, well, the first opportunity that was missed when he got nothing on it, thankfully does not cost the Gunners because Arsenal to recycle and with the help of Alexis and from Mesut Ozil, Giroud finds the net. So, Giroud on the score sheet in a 4 0 victory for the Gunners in the end against Swansea. And I'm delighted to say that author Dave Seeger joins us now on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Dave, good to have you on. And uh, yeah, another important win to get some momentum back into this title race again.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, very important. It's nice to, uh, it's always nice to have a clean sheet, um, but it's nice to score a few goals as well. So particularly after the, uh, the lockdown, the road did it a little bit earlier in the day. So, uh,
1: <laughs>
4: yeah. And Dave, where, where do you make how things stand at the moment? We'll go there first of all. You've got Manchester City obviously losing heavily, yeah. Liverpool and Man United drawing. A good set of results for a lot of Arsenal's rivals. I guess Chelsea is again, and Spurs, the notable exception.
5: Yeah, I must admit I was sort of quite hopeful that uh, Leicester having turned the corner might provide more uh, a sterner test for Chelsea, but obviously it didn't prove to be the case. Uh, it was disappointing. Obviously, I didn't, you know, didn't see anything other than a Spurs victory, but uh, yeah, I did think Leicester <laughs> might do us a favour. Um,
4: didn't prove to happen in the end, of: No, certainly not. But Arsenal do have a fair bit to take from it. Who stood out for you as one or two of the, the key performers on the day? Because it wasn't easy, was it? Swansea started well and it was a game that was a little bit in the balance at one point. At yeah, least. I think you're
5: going to expect that bounce for a new manager, aren't you? you sort of, you're always a bit nervous when you, you're going to play a side, particularly away from home when they've got a new manager. Um, And, yes, Swansea certainly started very brightly. Um, They've always played good football. It's just a cutting edge in the final third I think they've been lacking. But, uh, no, we weathered the storm well. I think Mustafi looked back to his old self after a couple of shaky games, which was very important because I thought certainly the Preston game, which I used to travel up to, he was was (laughs) so far off the pace. But, uh, no, good to see that solid partnership back. And we didn't really... The the efforts they had were from outside the box. And I thought as soon as we got the breakthrough, we sort of... um, we just went through the gears in the second half, and it could have been anything. Um, so, yeah, very, very good. And I think, well, you, you, I think you're going to talk about him anyway, certainly, but Iwobi, uh, again, the young player. You're always going to have periods where you're not at the peak of your game, and I think perhaps a few fans were starting to question whether he should be selected, and I know a lot of people want to see a more of Lucas Perez, but uh, Iwobi certainly came up... Uh, came up trumps, didn't
4: he? Yeah, he is someone, let's go there now, who, as we know, took his opportunity quite sensationally, didn't he? And then I think any young player who then is playing effectively week in, week out will always have a little bit of a dip where they need to maybe evolve their game a little bit more. Other teams and players maybe find you out a bit. And it's how you then respond to that, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I think it is. And it's it's also nice, I think, for Wenger to know that he can play Wobi in any one of those three positions. You know, across the, you know, behind the striker. So we saw him. We saw him play very, very well. You know, in the ten role when I, when Ozil was ill, uh, which is lovely to know for the future. Um, and again, we've seen him mostly on the left. And then now, you know, Alexis has moved back out to the left because of Giroud's form. And Aubameyang pops up on the right. And absolutely, but it was very fluid between the three of them, which is what I always like to see. When you've got those three completely interchangeable, that's when we're at our most effective.
4: Let's just stay with the attacking department for a moment. Obviously, Giroud, as we heard at the start of the interview, with another all-important goal, and Alexis Sanchez certainly very passionate again, both on and off the field, and, and getting a sublime strike as well. The the goals are certainly coming, aren't they?
5: Yeah, they are coming, and uh, it's, it's it's a tricky one with Giroud because I think there are, there aren't many Arsenal fans that don't like Olivier Giroud. You know, the, you know his popularity. You can tell from from the chanting and everything. But I think. We do look a more fluid attacking outfit in general this season when he hasn't been in the team. But then how do you drop someone who takes his opportunity and scores all the time? My concern is, not so much on Saturday, but before that, he's been scoring the goals that have saved us. But my question is, is he partly the reason we need saving? Because we're not looking as fluid until Saturday. With him in the side, just because the way Alexis was dropping into the hole, providing space earlier in the season for Theo or Ozil to move beyond, we seem to have we seem to have lost that fluidity a little bit. But again, it did seem to come back a little bit uh, uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, you know, food for thought certainly for Wenger when everyone's fit.
4: Interesting point you raised there, Dave. Um, Let's move back to to that kind of defensive midfield, the engine room, the pairing there. Aaron Ramsey and Granit Xhaka playing together again and starting to get a little bit more of a feel, I think, for each other's game and how to play as a cohesive unit. Let's uh, hear a bit from Aaron Ramsey, first of all, himself, speaking post-match, about the importance of going ahead after being behind so much recently.
3: You know, we've started the last few games um, and gone a few goals down, so... uh, you know, it was important today that we uh, we took the lead. We started off well, and um, and yeah, we did that. every so while We uh, we scored a few goals in the end and come away with a convincing win. That was one of our main targets today. Was to uh, you know not concede and go behind in the game. And I thought we uh, we defended very well. We uh, nullified them to uh, you know a few half chances, but uh, we uh, overcome that and then we uh, we played some good stuff and, and come away in the end with a win.
4: Well, that's Aaron Ramsey and Dave. Yeah, he and he and Xhaka finding their feet.
5: Yeah, I think so. I I, I still don't, you know, I don't see that as our strongest central partnership. However, we don't have any choice, do we? So uh, it it is good to see that they seem to get the working in tandem a bit better. I mean, my, my concern with Ramsey, you know, well known for having my doubts about Aaron Ramsey. I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, it's the discipline. And on Saturday, he showed a lot more of that. You know, it was like the old Gerard Lampard argument, isn't it? One of them has to sit, and they don't seem to know which which it should be when they're playing for England. And I think that's a slight concern. But no, Ramsey was definitely more disciplined. And every time Shaka did step forward, he did, he certainly stayed. And one of them all will always have to. And of course, he's a very mobile player. He's great in the tackle. Um, but Shaka is definitely the better distributor. So it, it it can work, and it should work. And hopefully, we we've got a few weeks to see it. And it you know let's let's hope it
4: flourishes. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with Wilshire on loan for the rest of the season, with Oneni at the Africa Cup of Nations, with uh, Cochrane injured and Kazola injured, we are going to see this for a while. So, hopefully, the chance for further evolution and, and further progress in what we've just said.
5: Yeah, I wonder whether, um, whether Maitland-Niles, you know, I know he's been utilised at right back, but he, he has played most of his youth career, I understand, as a, as a sort of a you know deeper central midfield player. So, I wonder whether we might see a bit of him there as well, perhaps in the FA Cup tie. Uh, that'll be interesting.
4: We will wait and see so dave, obviously you 've got a new book out at the moment. Uh, tell us a little bit more about it all first of all.
5: Uh, yeah, it came out in October, um, actually at the point where the first batch sold out just for christmas and we 're just waiting for a second delivery for the publishers so that 's good news um, yeah, I, would, I did a book a couple of years ago with the Armstrong family about Geordie, uh, which the club were very very much supportive of and did very well, um, and I was sort of looking for a new project and uh, sort of inspired by the guy I sit next to in the stadium for this one, Alex Brooker I sit next to and uh, <laughs> it's just some of the stories he was telling me and also he was asked to do a biography and when the publisher saw his outline said to Alex well look most of your chapters seem to be about Arsenal Mr Brooker and he said well yeah because most of you know I relate everything in my life that something happened at Arsenal that's the way I am nice. and I said, yeah, but it might switch off half your audience so he said well I Maybe we won 't do it right now, so I thought well if you 've got all these stories, Alex you know and Ian Stone and Alan Davis sitting in the block next to me, so just the seed of an idea, um, and it took about seven months to put together, but I ended up getting to interview virtually every single barring two or three arsenal supporting comedian of any any note and and a few young ones coming through, so and they were all happy to do it um, because. You know, I think everybody, however famous you are, if you're a gooner, you're a gooner, and you just like talking about Arsenal, don't you? So, And we decided to do it in conjunction with Comet Relief, so they endorsed the book, and every uh, as a percentage of every book sale goes to Comet Relief as well, which has obviously made sense because the, the subject matter was all comedian-centric. So, uh, Yeah.
4: Sounds like it was very fun, but also quite cathartic to write as well.
5: (laughs) Well, it's one of the things, I mean, (laughs) I love writing, I do a lot of blog writing, I'm a bit of a columnist, you know, I'm a columnist for Football London now as well this season, but it... What, writing a blog is very different to writing a book, and it's not the writing that I find difficult, It's because uh, I'm not a fast typist. The interviewing is fantastic fun. You record it, and it's then transcribing that, that sort of an hour and a half chat into, you know, into a written form and then turning it into a chapter. It's a very, very slow process for me. <laughs> but well, yeah, worth it. Book. Well worth it. Book. And
4: just a reminder, what's the book called, and where can we get it?
5: Uh, the book's called Support When Arsenal's a Funny Old Game. And at the moment, it's, still, it's just available via Legends Publishing, Who are the so legendspublishing.net um, uh, forward slash uh, funny game actually takes you straight through to it. Um, yeah, and uh, so you, you've got a lot of people in there that people will know. You know, Alan Davis is in there, uh, Matt Lucas is in there, Dara O'Brien's in there, Ian Stone's in there, Alex Brooker's in there, Clive Anderson's in there. So, you know, I think the only guys I didn't really get were, um, were Rob Beckett and um, Jack Whitehall, but virtually everyone else. And I don't know why, we seem to have a huge number of comedians who support our club, so good news for me.
3: Pretty
4: decent return day to it It's been great to have you on the of the Weekly podcast. All the best with the book, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon.
5: All right, thanks, Russ. Nice to talk to you.
4: French trio of the prolific Olivier Giroud, Francis Coquelin, and Laurent Koscielny, who of course racked up his 200th Premier League appearance at the weekend just gone, have all followed Hector Bellerin in committing their futures to Arsenal last week. Here's what Arsene Wenger had to say about those three notable contract extensions. Arsene, Laurent Koscielny has signed a new deal at the club. How pleasing is it for you to see him commit his future to Arsenal?
6: I believe that uh, he's one of the... Uh... Main players at this, in the squad, you know, and is the leader at the back, uh, especially since Pere is out. And uh, overall, he has the biggest experience now. He's uh, uh, really the, the strong player in the squad of a national team in France and uh, certainly one of the best defenders in the world today. And uh, so, I'm very pleased that he committed for a long term uh, here. Olivier Drews just committed his future to the club.
4: How different a player is he now to the one that you signed in
6: 2012? He's a uh, player who has, of course, uh, big international experience. He has uh, played many international games, he has uh, played many Champions League games, and uh, he is, uh, of course, much more confident today that he belongs where he plays. But I believe as well that technically uh, he has improved tremendously. And uh, that he has qualities that nobody else has, you know, and uh, on top of that he's a fighter. He's shown that again uh, against West Brom, you know, he can can, uh, have a challenge, face it and put the effort in really to achieve it. And uh, overall, I think he's a much more complete player than when he arrived. It's just been announced that Francis Cochrane signed a new contract. What were the main reasons behind the decision to offer him a new deal? Uh, first of all, uh, because he's a regular player in the side, he has the best defensive statistics. Uh, his uh, defensive numbers are outstanding. He has improved a lot. And uh, he's one of the... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your
1: style game without blowing your budget? you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host.
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination,
6: yahoofinance.com. The player who has the biggest speed in passing, you know, between the moment he gets the ball and the moment he passes it, uh, is one of the shortest. Uh, so he's uh, capable, we want to move the ball faster, uh, than anyone, so he's part of that as well. So he can win the ball, pass it fast, and I believe uh, technically has made tremendous strides forward compared to two, three years because he's every day focused.
0: And it's Adams put through by Bold.
5: Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him!
6: All oh, the way goal! It's up for grabs now.
4: On the 20th of January 2006, Arsenal signed a 16-year-old Theo Walcott from Southampton. Here's the boss talking at the time about Theo's arrival.
6: I've signed Theo Walcott because I like his pace, his, uh, his uh, ability to time his runs and his clinical finishing. And uh, as well, because he's an English prospect, you know, and it's important we have uh, as well some young English players coming through. We've picked out
4: a couple of milestone goals that Theo has scored, including his first for the club in the 2007 League Cup final against Chelsea, and then another goal from a final, this time against Aston Villa in the 2015 FA Cup final.
0: All top. Here is Diaby. That's a lovely ball through and a chance, and It's the first goal. Wolcott has scored his
6: Take. Super play here.
4: That there controls it beautifully. And when you need a cool head, goodness me, the this young lad not sure he's got what it takes.
6: Walcott up
5: against Hutton. Great ball through. Monreal cuts it back. Ramsey at the back post. Alexis doesn't need him. Good effort. Going in at the end, it is scored by Theo Walcott.
4: Charles and has been caught ball watching on the edge of the box. Phil Walcott making sure that he supports the play. Great decision from Montreal when you get to the, uh, the byline. You make sure you hang the ball up on the far post. Good knockdown from Alexis Sanchez. And excellent technique from Phil Walcott. What he's done there, he's made sure because it's his weaker foot, he's just concentrating on a good contact. Well, to date, Theo has scored 96 times in 364 Arsenal appearances, and we're looking to take a step closer to joining the 100 Goals Club this weekend. That's when Arsenal take on Burnley at Emirates Stadium. We'll talk about that next. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Adrian Clarke joins me at the Chalkboard. Clarke, how are you? Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you in person this week. Indeed, not yeah, my favourite I'm, person, may I add. I'm we'll, not going to gloat. We'll come on to why later, of course. <laughs> but our question at the Chalkboard to kick things off, aside from Ozil and Sanchez, which Arsenal player would you like to see next commit their future to the club?
3: Oh, it's a really good question. Um, we, we want Ozil and Alexis to commit sooner rather than later, of course. So hopefully we'll get good news on that front a lot of players have have renewed haven't they lately which I think is great do you know who who I would say I'd say Jack Wilshere because uh, I know that he hasn't got a whole you know length of time left on his deal and I know that he's not here at the moment he's down at Bournemouth but I, I think it would be good for Arsenal to to secure him in the long run because he's a class act Jack Wilshere I think Bournemouth are enjoying his performances down there on the south coast. With Santi Cazorla not getting any younger and the need for somebody to come in potentially and play, fill in for him or ultimately replace him. When I look around at the squad, Jack is the guy. Jack is still the guy that I feel is most similar to Santi, that he can look after the ball in deep areas, makes those transitions smoothly. He's a match winner. He's got, he's got wonderful contribution, quick feet, just as Santi has. So, yeah, for me, I would love to tie down Jack Wilshere to a long-term deal. He might want some assurances from the manager, I guess, that he's part of the of the plans. But it would be good to sign him up.
4: So we now move on to what is a very important game to come against Burnley. And Adrian, we've talked a lot on the podcast about how key it was that Arsenal got either maximum points or close to it there's been the Bournemouth draw in this run. Yeah. In this run against six or seven teams in a row, with no disrespect, mm. all of whom Arsenal could and probably should beat.
3: Definitely, yeah. I mean, the, the draw at Bournemouth almost felt like a win, but it was two drop points. So that was a disappointment. We can't hide away from that. Um, for Liverpool, i there say it's not an, easy, not an easy place to go. But yeah, th- this particular game, Burnley up next... It's, it's got to be three points. The same as it was when we spoke about Swansea this time last week. I, I, the, the golfing class between Swansea and Arsenal, it's so obvious. Uh, but you've got to go out there and beat these teams. You've got to have the right attitude. And Arsenal did. They did the job. And it's all about replicating that against Burnley. And, and after that, Watford, of course, when they come here to Emirates Stadium. So look, the, the, you, can't be, you can't sugarcoat it, it. It has to be a win. It has to be. And Burnley, as a team, excellent win at the weekend, just gone. And they're
4: just improving a bit more than last time they were up, if you know what I mean. There's still a similar nucleus of players, but one more time, one richer for their experiences. They, they just seem a bit more savvy and a bit more prepared and a bit probably better balanced.
3: Yeah, well, they've always had quite good balance under Sean Dyche. He kind of, his philosophy is all about keeping that shape. Everyone knows their job. It's 4 4 Everybody works their socks off, so so that's not a problem. I think they're going to stay up, for Burnley. Uh, obviously, it's easy to say that at the moment; they're they're quite in a lofty position by their standards. But the home form's just superb. They will continue, I think, to to get results at Turf It's away from home that they have been really shocking on their travels. So that if if they suddenly do start dropping points at home. They need to improve on their travels, but but yeah, they haven't got the formula right at home. This full-blooded, frenetic style where you get in the faces of opposition works. Why they can't replicate it away is it's a bit of a mystery in a in a way because it's the same pitch. It's the same. You know, it's not the same. They would be alone there. Though, the though, same, they, yeah. with this Do You know yeah. what I mean? Away does
4: seem to sometimes have this. It's weird. Somehow. It
3: is weird, and it's obviously the different environment doesn't help and the support. But but they really should be doing better away from home. Uh, but let's hope they don't start this week. <laughs> Joey Barton is someone that we should mention, of course. Uh,
4: not had the greatest few months, shall we say. One or two issues still hanging over his head. But uh, he's back
3: in the collective and making a key contribution. Yeah, 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 it was a good story, wasn't it? Him coming back and scoring straight away. I actually rate him as a player. I, I, I don't necessarily like like his uh, some of his opinions, um, shall we say. I'll leave it there. Um, But he can play. And he will make a contribution. What, what the, the thing is, there, he, him and Dice respect one another, so I think that's that's not going to be an issue. I don't think he's going to have too many flare-ups. He rates Dice. Dice knows which buttons to press for Joey Barton. So um, I don't know if he'll start this game because he's still sort of short on match practice, isn't he? But but he will be a key man for them as the season goes along. Um, but yeah, it, look, Burnley are what they are. They're, they're they're a team of workers, as simple as that. But, but what I have to say with Barton is that he mixes the, the work. Right? He's got that in spades, but he's got a little bit of quality too at times.
4: I'm going to highlight a couple of my key contributors. I'm a big fan of Michael Keane at the back, yep. who's been linked with moves to some of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. Tom Heaton is an excellent goalkeeper, he's fought his way into the England squad. They're a couple for me that mm-hmm. I think could be important performers. Do they feature in your head-to-heads? Um, yeah, well,
3: yeah, <laughs> I think they have to. Um, at the top top end of the pitch, I will uh, mention uh, Sam Vokes. Sam Vokes is. Excellent in the air. Uh, He's one of the best players in the Premier League at winning headers. So it's very important that Arsenal try and and knock him off balance and, and win the aerial battles. But also, if he does win them, Got to be alert to the second balls. That is critical in this match. Burnley won't have many chances, but I suspect when they do, it might involve the flick-ons of of, of votes. Yeah, in terms of my key head-to-heads, I think those two have to feature. I'm picking out the keeper, Tom Heaton, um, because he's been a one-man brick wall at times. I remember the Manchester United game, he made an unbelievable string of saves. It was the same not so long ago at White Hart Lane. Spurs had 30 shots on goal, and it was 2-1. He kept them in the game. So um, Tom Heaton has been the player of the season. I would say the goalkeeper of the season in the Premier League. So it is Alexis versus Tom Heaton. Providing (laughs) Alexis gets enough shots on goal, I'm pretty sure he'll score at least one. Um, And that might be enough. But yeah, Alexis v Heaton. We're going to see those two uh, loggerheads a lot in this game, I hope.
4: And in a sentence, Clarkey, how do you beat Burnley?
3: You beat Burnley by not underestimating them. It is as simple as that. Take them seriously, treat them like they're Chelsea, and also win this game easy. Now, it's cold outside, as we know, Arctic
4: at times, and Liam Roberts, the Arsenal weekly podcast producer, has got a proper old-school puffer jacket on. It's like he's in the dugout, managing, tinkering himself, a little bit like the Michelin <laughs> man, let's be honest. Here he is
2: i like to think more of, like, the Stay Path Marshmallow Man.
3: <laughs> uh, you're a massive Ghostbusters fan, There we go. Fan, yeah, so yeah, always this, like to bring it back somehow. This explains it, yeah. yeah
2: so, uh, last week I asked you for a score prediction. I thought it'd be funnier to actually get you guys to tell us your experiences, because you were both covering the game for
3: Arsenal <laughs> Media. We certainly were. Um, well, yeah, i I got to confess... Uh, well, First of all, I nailed it, didn't I? Let's be honest. I don't, nil, I don't, be, I don't want to gloat about it, and it, it, it didn't get a mention on the Matchday Show. Honest. I, 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 I did didn't bring it. it I yeah. did bring it out. Shameful. Yeah. But the truth is, at four 0 up, I was hugely celebrating, and then it ruined my enjoyment as the final fifteen minutes because I was desperate for Arsenal not to score again, which goes against all that I normally <laughs> normally wish for. So it was a weird feeling. But um, but I couldn't wait to tweet you afterwards, uh, Russ.
4: And I did exactly the
3: opposite on my TV comment. And gave it the
4: dig sell at 4-0, got very excited, left, delighted with the Arsenal win, happy with how the game had gone, switched my phone back on as I left the studio and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's the mother load, it's the
3: three-point haul for Clark. And I was trying with to give the you, perfect prediction. I was trying Ow. to give you a chance it's 4-0, is it? I thought I'll just i go a bit of freestyle. And, uh, yeah. So I think we've established then that
2: Russell Hargreaves professional to the end, Adrian Clark.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not in the least. Not at all.
4: But sadly, look who is now streaking clear, having been yes, behind all the 17,
2: way through. 17 points to 12 now so Russ Get you've it. got it all to do so this week Burnley game I think this game might be a bit like the West Brom game where Arsenal just ping the ball around lots of passing so I want to know total passes for Arsenal
3: Oh, it's, it's a really interesting one because yeah you would imagine I mean, I'm just thinking about how Burnley played against Spurs they, they parked the bus massively yeah, they did it at Old Trafford They're going to do that here. I know they are. It'll be six at the back. We had over 800 passes against West Brom, which is unbelievable. Um, Against Palace, it was more in the 650-ish region. I think... I'm going to go with 699 passes...
4: Okay, interesting. Uh, I, don't know I was why. told previously, of course, not to be boring and play a very, very calculated <laughs> but very negative game, but. I'm five points down. I'm going to go seven hundred. <laughs> the long that. road back, <laughs> <laughs> step by
3: step, one point at a time. Away so, been, been, so what happens? Well. What happens? So if you're nearest the pin, it's a one point. Because we're not yeah. going to nail it, are we? Let's well, you know, yeah.
2: no one thought you were going to nail it when you got the aggregate. Uh, yeah. The aggregate <laughs> shots on target. What, what, what give you, within ten passes and now? Yeah, should we say okay if you're both happy with that? Within ten. Within ten, there it was are, a three-point hole. Three-point. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm happy with that. Yes. Ten Ten either way.
3: Well, it has to be, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, six hundred and ninety. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, seven seven oh nine. You get or whatever. That's seven. Fine to me.
2: Okay, as long as you're both happy
4: <laughs> with it. Willing uh... it on, Liam. Great to be back. Thank you very much indeed. Go and uh, enjoy a couple more marshmallows. And um, Clarky, <laughs> a pleasure, my friend. Uh, when do we hear you next? We'll see you next. Uh, oh
3: goodness me, um, I'm on commentary duty actually for the Burnley game. Really looking forward to that here at Emirates Stadium.
4: That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks as ever to Arsene Wenger, to Dave Seeger and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five star review in the process. You can find us on Acast as well. and You'll never have the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the 23rd of January. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you got us. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
6: Planning for your next trip?